Hello ladies and gentlemen, it is the Baggies broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield, it's season 3, episode 10. I am joined as ever by the one, the only, Joe Massey, West Brom correspondent the Express and Star. Hello mate, you alright? I'm alright, I'm alright. Uh, good, you were, good. You were a man who was so cold at the Riverside over the weekend oh, that I ended yeah. up buying you a new hat. You did? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to have to, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um... So we should say, well, before I'm going to start, I'm going to say I'm a little bit flustered. I don't, like, we are just two lads having a chat, basically. Let's not, like, make this something that isn't, but... Um, <laughs> the, we plan, are being, the, the planning that goes into this is, is, is second to none, mate. It's second to none. Um, it's one thirty, isn't it, on Monday? Yep. What are you doing? I'm just altering the microphone setting slightly. Oh, am I talking too loud? No, 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 it's not your fault. This is, what, this is what we talk about in terms of preparation. We haven't even got our sound levels right. No, we haven't. Um, so it's one thirty on Monday. We are being booted out of this room at 2.30, aren't we? We are indeed. So I'm annoyed about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. People from the other side of the... Like, the Express and Star offices are basically split in two, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So we're on the editorial side in one side of the building and across a bridge is the digital side. No idea what they do. Do you know what they do? <laughs> they do a lot of PPC and marketing, that kind of stuff. You've just spoken in pure jargon. No one knows what PPC is. It's, 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 it's confusing, but um, it essentially means when you click on like an ad, like you get paid a certain amount of money for oh, clicking right. on it. It is very We won't go into it, but anyway, they're kicking us out in an hour, which makes me very angry. Um, so we've got a whittle through this. I can't ramble on, even though I'm starting with a ramble. I mean, but yeah, I don't. Everyone knows I've got to be in my bonnet about talking about food on this podcast. I absolutely <laughs> think it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm not. I do think it's ridiculous the amount of food questions we get. However, um, you, I'm going to bring up food. You're going to bring up food. I'm going to bring up food from the off because you very kindly. Uh, what happened? Was it a half time at Middlesbrough? Half time at Middlesbrough. You pulled out this really smart hat. Uh, it's a good hat. It's a good hat. And I was like, that's a nice hat. I really like it. Yeah. Um, I want a bobble. I like a bobble hat. Yeah, But yeah. sometimes it's hard to find a bobble hat that's quite thin. They're normally quite thick. Do you know what I mean yeah, by that? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I was very impressed with your bobble hat. And oh, you very geez, kindly went and bought me one on the spot, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, mate? Um, let's let's be honest. The first half wasn't... It was an, it was an entertaining game and it was an interesting game there wasn't any goals no. um, so I had some time to quickly run onto a, a website of a fashion outlet I'm not going to name the fashion outlet because there are plenty you can go to uh, and, and put, purchased you a new hat you bought me a hat it was £8 is that right yeah, did you buy yourself anything else because you said you I, I bought myself a hat as well you bought yourself a hat as well so, double hat that, order mate that covers the £3 postage and packaging doesn't it yeah yeah so you said it was going to be a Christmas present for me yeah so now I feel like I need to buy you a Christmas present yeah, that's, I mean, as it goes. And we know you're obsessed with food. Oh, here we go. So I've basically got eight pounds, like the way I see it. I'm gonna, I'll go to 11. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So, so I'm going to actually put my, go against every grain of my being and ask for suggestions to buy you for Christmas. Oh, this is brilliant. I'm willing to spend 11 pounds, and I do think it should be food related. And I kind of think it should be pie related because you've told a story about your pie at Preston so many times. I can't even go to Preston. You can't go to Preston. I can't go. I mean, every man and his dog knows you once had a tasty pie at Preston. You've talked yeah. about it that amount of times. So I think we should just start there. I owe you a present. I'm really touched you bought me one. Oh, mate. Um, you haven't tried the hat on yet, man. I like it. It's coming on Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's coming on Wednesday. So hat debut at Charlton. Charlton game. Another game I'm not at. Another game you're not at. 
but I'll, it'd be like a piece of you. Yeah, like, yeah, it'd be like having a piece of you I'll, with me. I'll be there in spirit. Yeah, you'll be there in a hat. <laughs> in the spirit of a hat. So, as much as I'm going to regret this, anyone got any suggestions of what I can buy Luke Hatfield food related for £11? Oh, I would be idea. massively, massively appreciated because. I'm not very good at buying presents, and I haven't got time to do the research. So, oh, so just you're just sobbing it, fobbing it off to other people, aren't we? Yeah, but it'd be nice. I like get in th- touch. I like the thought, man. Yeah, get in touch. <laughs> message Joe Massey and, and Albion Poddy. Um, bear in mind, I was just thinking, uh, it's a good job you've upped the price because I tell you what, eight quid for the hat <laughs> wouldn't have covered my KFC on the way home from Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah, that's because you buy like five meals. Big Daddy box meal, no cheese, with two hot wings. You're the only person who, when I've been to McDonald's with, bought a meal and an extra box of 20 chicken nuggets. I shared that, though. <laughs> I did share it. Still had 10 nuggets to myself, but it was all right. Um, yeah, how was, how was your Sunday? Because we'll talk about Saturday in a moment. Uh, Sunday, I worked until 2 o'clock. Because oh, uh, it was no. so, just so much going on, yeah. Um, and Middlesbrough's a bloody long way, isn't it? Yeah, there was actually yeah. a really good suggestion of a question, which we're going to get onto in an international break. I think you answered it yeah. on Twitter. It's really good. I think some people don't understand what's involved. A, in a match day for a, for a journo, but also over a week. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good... I think I'd, I think it will genuinely be... I, do, I mean, obviously we do it, so we probably we are interested in it, but hopefully people will find it interesting. Um, what we do... Like over the week and, and at, yeah, and at the weekends, but uh, yeah, one for the international break. We've got lots to get through, haven't we? And we're going to be booted out in like what now? Fifty-five minutes, probably. Fifty-seven minutes. We've got fifty-seven, 57 minutes. minutes. Right, Borough nil, West Brom one. Um, let's start with the most important thing that everyone cares about. How did you find the food at the Riverside? Oh, you are having a laugh. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I'm getting it out of the way. I'm not talking about the food, mate. The food was good though. Cottage pie. Shepherd's cottage pie. pie. It was lovely. Was it cottage or shepherd's? What's the difference? <laughs> do, you know what, do you genuinely not know what the difference is? Let's think about it. I don't actually know. Oh, look at this. Is it the meat? Yeah. A shepherd's pie is lamb. Oh, right, okay. So what was it on Saturday? Cottage pie. It was definitely beef? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it was good yeah. though, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. It was good, yeah. Facilities in Middlesbrough are actually all right. It's just a million miles away. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice ground, isn't it? Yeah, really yeah. nice ground. Apart from the fact that the fans are all the way the other side of the ground. For me, that's an absolute nightmare. For the video, yeah. I have to run all the way around. Yeah. Burn off. You left quite early, didn't you? Well, I had to leave about 85 minutes. Yeah. Happened, uh, some some listeners might know this, happened last, last year, of course, it was a reverse result. 1-0 Borough. It was like a really late goal from Daniel Ayala. I went round, spoke to the first set of people. I was like, oh, nil-nil draw's not bad, is it? And they were like, what are you on about, mate? <laughs> I was like, obviously didn't you hear. Like you've, you got your finger right on the pulse there, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and the, good thing, the worst thing is, I can't even, when you on your phone, like I go on my phone when I'm walking around the ground to make sure I'm not missing anything. Because oh, you'll, right. you'll hear the, the noise sometimes. Um, but your your updates were pretty good. I was getting them through, but then like 4G just cut out, and I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what's going on here. Oh really? But they, all, you hear the massive cheer on the away end, and I was like, oh, right, okay, they won. So. Oh, I'm glad you thought my updates were pretty good, mate. That's what I'm striving for. Yeah, pretty good. Cheers, pretty good. Pal. Um Let's get on to the football, shall we? Anything you want to add uh, on top of the post-match video that you did? Anything uh, that's come to mind? This where I, I mean, I've told you before this podcast. I want to talk about Sam Johnson, how Robson Carney. Oh, that's, that's the next segment. Is that mate? the next segment? The next oh, segment. Okay, right. Well, I'll go back to you then. No, but, no, that's nothing, fine. Nothing. Really good vibe from the fans outside post game. Uh, understandably, they're getting a bit excited now, Joe. Mm. West Brom have lost once, and it was a good performance, I thought. Although, albeit um, one which they had to grind out, but it's important to grind out the results. And the fans are getting excited. Should we get be getting excited? 
I think we are excited, aren't we? Should we be getting more excited? Um, I'm going to steal a quote from some Rob Gurney. He won't mind. I'm allowed to. I'm allowed. We're not. We're not all like rivals in this journalism game, no, are we? We're, we're all pals. Our really. bosses probably want us to be, but we're not. We all get along. Uh, so Rob Gurney. I'm sure most people know who he is. Uh, BBC WM commentator, reporter for Albion, covering them for a very, very, very long time. Um, someone I really, really like, almost look up to. If I'm being honest, like it, it, I really, really like. He's a smashing bloke. Um, he said after the game, and he, he asked Sam Johnston this question, it it just feels like it's going to happen. Yeah. It just feels good. I don't know, like, it's sort, that sort of ties in with a lot of people were saying that the Middlesbrough game you were talking about earlier where Ayala scored, mm. a lot of people, I think Albion staff and Albion fans felt that last season, the game on Saturday was a game they would have lost. Yeah. Um, but obviously this season... They go and win it. Um, and there is... I can't say it better than it does just feel right, doesn't it? Yeah, There's just really such does. a good feeling around the team, around the whole club, around Slaven Bilic, around his coaching staff. It does feel good. It feels very exciting. Um, and that question was asked to Sam Johnston, um, who sort of admitted that, yeah, he can feel that too, but he, as a true professional, he said, look... And this is what I what I say as well. Look, it is only thirteen games down. Yeah, we are only a quarter of way in. There's still a hell of a lot of football to be played. So, it's always, always, always with that caveat. But there's a real feel good factor around mm. a the team and b the club at the minute. Um, and I just think you, I think you've got every right to be excited. Yeah, I mean there were certainly points last season, even after games like, and I know you weren't covering them at this point, Joe. When West Brom beat QPR seven-one at the Hawthorns, but every win was always with an asterisk. It was always like, "Yeah, but another day." Oh, that's interesting. And even though it was seven-one defensively, they're still so wide open at times. This time, I mean, speaking to the fans, and they're always going to be, you know, happy after a game um, where they've won. But like, even the Leeds game when when Albion got beaten, it's their only defeat of the season. It was. There was a lot of thought afterwards, like, well, I tell you what, Leeds got away with one there. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of like, and there's a lot of teams now and a lot of managers, and we saw it with Woodgate saying, this team are the real deal. And it's all well and good, your fans saying that. But when opposition fans and our opposition managers are saying it, it carries a bit more weight, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's the same today for tomorrow. I mean, the quotes will be in our paper for tomorrow, but they're online today. Um, Adam Murray, that Barnsley manager, he said Swansea is a very good side. Um, they drew against at the weekend, but he said Albion are a different prospect completely. Mm. Woodgate said what he said, Albion will go up. I don't, I mean, I've got to admit, I wrote that in my analysis piece. I don't like that from an opposition manager. I mean, Jonathan, for me, Jonathan Woodgate should be a bit more savvy than to say a team's going to go up after 13 games. I mean... We're not. Let's be honest. Pereira could be ruled out for four months tomorrow. Diangana could be called back from West Ham, and then suddenly mm. everything's a bit. Everyone, you know, not, people, we aren't as confident as we are maybe at the minute, are we? Yeah. So I don't really like. I don't like comments like that. But people, there's no doubt about it. This team are making people stand up and take notice. There's no doubt about it. They're sensational at times. And just what you touched on there about there's a there's a calmness about the team and the fans. Can you remember when we were speaking a couple of weeks ago about Charlie Austin? Yeah. In that game against Cardiff where he missed those chances, didn't he? But he said the fans stayed with him. 
Um, he could feel their belief. Um, and I said, Dan, I think that is twofold. I think that is, one, because they do believe in Charlie Austin, uh. but they also knew that he was going to get more chances in that game simply because of the way they're playing. Yeah. It's not it's not a case of they're going to get two or three attempts a game and they really, really, really have to be clinical mm. um, because they're just... They've got so many threats. Um, and Grady Diangana and Mateus Pereira are absolutely outstanding. Matt Phillips is just a a, a wonderful footballer as well. Mm. Um, you just... There's, there's, there is an ease, it's ridiculous, but there is an ease about watching them, even when they're playing Cardiff and throwing two in, basically, yeah. in, after the 71st minute and making it nervous then and conceding those goals against Huddersfield and all the times they've had to come from behind this season. I mean, I can remember saying to you, we said it in that Huddersfield game, and I think fans said the same, didn't yeah. they? They always believed they were going to get back into the game. You always. just felt comfortable. You feel it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's just... It is a joy to, joy to watch, really. It really is. And you look around at the table, and I know, as we said, it's early on. It's early doors. You can't get too excited just yet. I'll tell you what, if they're in this position in two, three months' time, then you can certainly start getting more excited. But Nottingham Forest, you know, didn't get a result. I know, yeah. You know, you're looking at other sides. Leeds, I mean, they, they got the 1-0 win over Blues, but they've dropped points before. Fulham, I mean, you look at the table, and Fulham have dropped massively. And I know... As I said, it's early doors. One of these teams might do, go on a massive run. But you don't see Albion getting a poor result like that. Or maybe, like, you know, you say Wigan, you know, Wigan away. You'd picture Albion winning there. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I, com- I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I really, I really do. I was thinking that, like, there's, a, there's an assurance about this Albion side where you believe in them so much that they they basically won't do what Forrest did at the weekend, which is mm-hmm. go to Wigan and not get a result at all, or the, what the games Leeds have lost. Um, look, they come out the blue, don't they? The games Leeds lose. You're like, oh, Leeds have lost. Yeah. Um, there seems to be like an assurance about this Albion side. What we were talking about it. Uh, uh, on, I was talking about it with Steve Maley. Just name drop every other Albion reporter. Yeah, yeah. Just name drop everyone. Steve Maley from the Athletic. Um, I was talking about it with him. Um, exactly that. That 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 thing about you don't expect them to wobble. But he pointed out, or quite rightly, that even that I hate talking about the Dingles. I hate talking about them. Yeah, you don't, you don't like talking about Wolves. Um, re- regrettably, they were a very good side in the Championship. Um, with very good players, i.e. Ruben Neves, who we all know is not a championship footballer. Yeah. Even that Wolves team, there was a, a brief spell in that season where they had a wobble. Yeah. Um, and Cardiff did get quite close to them. I can remember giving it large in the office. Yeah. Going, ah, yeah. oh, you're going to bottle it, you're going to bottle it, you're going to bottle it. Um, and the, I don't know how close, I can't remember off the top of my head how close Cardiff got, but like they were a, a very good championship side there's no doubt Albion are a very good championship side um, but it's getting out of this league is so hard mm. um, so you still think it, reluctantly you still think that there will be a spell where they do do wobble and perhaps do get the results that the odd shocker like Leeds have had like um, along the way so that's why you can't get too carried away um, but it is it is at the minute you just look at them and you think I don't, I don't. I mean, we did our predictions, five game predictions, didn't we, in the last podcast? Yeah. And I said they beat Middlesbrough, 
beat Barnsley and beat Charlton. Mm. And then the car is it what's after that? I can't remember. But we was basically so oh Stoke. Stoke and then Hull. Uh, and then Hull. And then I was like maybe draws there. Um but you don't see him losing, do you? You just do not see him losing. But no. that's and again that's that's amazing. But <laughs> it, I think there will be, unfortunately, history shows no matter who you are, um there will be a point where you have a wobble. So that's Again, everything comes with that little caveat at this time of year, doesn't it? Does it make it important then? Albion are top of the table, clear by two points uh, over Leeds. Is it important that they try and build some separation while they can, while they're in this rich vein of form? Yeah. You can afford a slip-up. I mean, what, what, you'd, what you'd like is, basically, the, I'd, be, I'd take it now, both Leeds and Albion, just to plough on. Yeah. Um, that would be like I mean it would be if Leeds in my opinion they are the two best sides in the division I don't I genuinely don't think Fulham are far behind despite their league position mm. um, sadly 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 I didn't I wasn't in the job when for the Nottingham Forest game yeah so I would like I would like to see them um, in the flesh but they didn't look great I'm not yeah, going to lie to you yeah you saying you didn't think they were great they didn't they didn't look any great shakes and the, the only goal they scored was I think it was Matty Cash it was a long range effort which beat Sam Johnson near post which he probably wouldn't concede again yeah so I don't know they didn't look they didn't look brilliant to me mind you to be brutally honest I don't think Albion looked brilliant that game either I suppose it's opening day and everyone's finding their feet but the dream for me is and I think it, despite what I'm saying about this wobble I do think it's possible that maybe West Brom and, and Leeds just go. Yeah. Maybe the two of them just go and everyone else takes points off everyone else. Um, to be honest, that sitting in now, that is my dream. Mm. That they just, both of them just roar ahead. And do you know what? I've said it before, it's probably wrong. I couldn't care less who comes first or second, really. Um, just, I'd love a season where Albion are just winning every week. Mm. Or picking up results every week, and they're miles clear a third. Yeah. Um, along with, and then they can just both go up at the end of the season as the t- as the superior side or as one of the two superior sides. Yeah, just get to the end of March, start of April, not even to worry. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be lovely. Like, I think after the next international break, it gets more like meaty with games. There's quite a lot of games in quick succession, and then mm. Christmas period. So I do think like you can get r- really excited after Christmas. After that run of games or New Year, then basically, but yeah. um, but we're still getting excited, aren't we? Still getting excited. We we can't help ourselves, right? Um, let's get into a new segment, Joe. Uh, this is one we discussed off air beforehand, uh, and it's going to be a semi regular. Is it fair to say? Yeah, I don't want any pressure on me. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to do it every week. Uh, it's called under the Massey microscope. Massey what, microscope. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get Joe to highlight either a player, a certain happening anything from a match day and put it under the microscope he's going to bring up a conversation topic and we will discuss it so Joe what's the first thing or things under your microscope so there's two things under my microscope this week two things making a flying start um, so the first one is Hal Robson Carney yes um, who I've fallen a little bit in love with um, Started once, comes uh, <laughs> on, gets a, gets a new contract, comes on, scores a goal. Joe Massey loves him. Um, it's more than that, actually. So I'm, I'm gonna. I know we haven't got a lot of time, but this is gonna be me going off on one again. Oh, here we go. I'm looking forward to this. So Hal Robson Carno comes off the bench against QPR. Yeah. Draws the foul from Yoan Barbe that wins the free kick and his red card. Yeah. Mateus Pereira scores. Yeah. Game over. 
Yeah. Fantastic contribution from the bench. Indeed. Fulham before that. Yeah. Comes on in a sort of number ten role. Yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. With Billich really shuffling his pack. I think Pereira went out wide. Like a four four one one. Um dropped into the spaces, got on the ball an awful lot, completely changed the dynamic of the game, gave mm. Fulham a completely different threat to think about. Albion go on the score, one one. Can't ask any more from him from that. Nope. Middlesbrough. Yeah. Off the bench. Fresh from signing the new deal. All right. He scored from a yard. We'd, <laughs> we'd have all put it in the back of the net. Yeah, like, yeah. let's be honest, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that difficult. Wasn't the prettiest. Um, but he scored it. Yeah. Um, he was in the right place at the right time. One nail, scrappy win. Um, absolute dreamland. Mm. I don't think you can ask. Um, anything more of him um, I really like I don't and I went I spoke I spoke to him after the game right I spoke to him after the game never met him before um, and he was genuinely like lovely yeah he was a really 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 nice guy would um, like took the time to like not only be interviewed but to speak to me um, very very pleasant very very polite and I thought his quotes were really telling like Robson Carnu knows his place yeah um, and I think that's absolutely massive. Like, he knows he's going to be on the bench the vast majority of the week. He basically knows he is he's he is competing to be plan B. He's not even competing to be plan A. Yeah. He's competing with Kenneth Sahora to be plan B. He, so, he could be plan C. Yeah. Um, and he knows that. He, he, and he, but he is going to strive to do everything he can to have a positive contribution on this team. Yeah. Now I said this to you. I said this to you and the lads when we were at, when you were eating your massive KFC on Saturday and got very little like response for it. But I'm going to repeat yeah. it because okay. I stand by what I say. So you want a response now? Yeah, I want a response now. Okay. So when Man United won the Champions League in 1999, yeah. <clears throat> they had loads of players that people would take the mick out of. Basically, like it's always like who's the worst player to win the Champions League? Wes Brown, like John O'Shea, yeah. or I can't remember all those players, right? And I always say, they won the treble, didn't they, that year? I yeah. always say, it's players like that, what, the reason why they won the treble. Mm. Teddy Sheringham, I mean, Teddy Sheringham was a great player. Yeah. But he was he was fourth-choice striker, effectively, wasn't he, behind Solskjaer, York, Cole? Yeah. I mean, joint third, like, maybe with Solskjaer or whatever. But you need players who are going to just are going to be happy to be in the squad. There's so few players these days that are going to be happy to accept a squad place. Mm. Players want to play. Yeah. Simple as that. They want to be the main man. They don't want to be on the bench. They don't want to be out of the squad. But if you've got someone like... Basically, Wes Brown was a damn good defender, but he just got on with it, didn't he? Yeah, he knew yeah. his place, and then when they got an injury or whatever, he could come in. John O'Shea, whatever, Darren Fletcher, players like that, good mm. players. Now, I think Robson Carner is similar for Albion. He's not going to cause. He's not going to kick up a stink. He's not going to cause any problems. Um, he knows. He's not going to be like moaning because he's not starting every week. <clears throat> but when he is called upon, <clears throat> he's going to do everything he can to help. Now, I haven't seen <clears throat> Robson Carney play over the last couple of years. I know there's like a lot of. Yeah, he's not the most popular player. Let's pull it that way. He has his flaws, doesn't he? But every striker does. And I know, like, I know there's been problems in the past, like in the playoff final last season and stuff. <laughs> But in the playoff semi-final last season, but to me, for a squad player, 
I don't think you could ask any more from him mm. than what he's done against QPR, Fulham, and now Middlesbrough. Yeah. And to me, really nice guy. Um, I really like him. Do you think he'll play ninety minutes in the league this season? No, probably not. <laughs> and 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 he ain't going to kick off about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not going to kick off. And I think that's and I think that's the mate. I think look, Eason himself. He started one game. He started at Leeds. Um, obviously, he came off in that game. <clears throat> He probably will start a few more games in the league, um, but strikers normally get brought off, don't they? And he probably will come off. He might do. He might do a couple of night minutes. You never know. But look, the truth is, if everyone's fit and firing, he's not going to get in the team, is he? Yeah. Charlie Austin's going to play, whatever. Um, but I don't know. Like, you, you, everyone knows football's a squad game. Everyone knows you've got to have a plan B and a plan C. And I think when you've got players who are willing to basically sacrifice their own playing minutes for the good of the team, I think it should be commended. Um, and in my in my brief time covering Albion, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And I tell you what, the one thing I will say about Robson Carney, he doesn't, he's not going to get you 15, 20 goals a season, but he scores meaningful goals, big goals. And I'm not just you know saying oh he did it for Wales against Belgium in the Euro- the Euros or whatever it was. I'm talking about West Brom Aston Villa last season at Villa Park. He scored the first goal. Yeah. He's the one who got Albion rolling. I know Villa were great shakes that day, but Albion were really good that day, and he he got that opening goal. And then you look at Borough. That's a goal which is that's worth three points. That three points could be so valuable. Yeah, massive. If it comes down to the end of the season and let's say you know. Fulham, Leeds and Albion are battling for them top two spaces which sometimes it does often end with three teams battling for the top two and one being you know let down and having to do in the playoffs now three points could mean a hell of a lot well it could, two points could easily be a difference between second and third couldn't it which is yeah. what a win and a draw is so I, I, I mean I, 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 like, I like him I like him whether we should have got a new deal or not that's a, that's a different debate mm. I think um, but in terms of this in terms of these 13 games could you have asked any more from him? I don't think you could. I think he's a big reason why they got a point at Fulham. They probably would have beat QPR anyway. Yeah. Um, but definitely out of them having down, being down to 10 men and yeah. obviously Pereira scoring the second. Um, I think he massively out them get a point at Fulham. I think he's helped them get two points essentially at Middlesbrough because I think Albion wouldn't have lost the game. Mm. Um, so for, an imp- for a substitute, like I said, hats off to him. That's off to him. And who was the second person under your microscope? Sam Johnston. Sammy J. Um, who very didn't know didn't know a lot about Sam Johnston really before to, before left Walsall to cover Albion. Um, knew he cost I think he cost six million pounds. I knew he cost, but I'm double checking. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, six it was, million. Yeah, pounds. it was around that kind of. Knew he was a Man United trainee. Knew he worked was at Aston Villa on loan. Knew he was a keeper with a lot of sort of like pedigree. <laughs> so he's another one this season who. He has his critics, doesn't he? he Readers really has his critics, and I think yeah. I should caveat this by saying, I think some of the mistakes he's made this season came in those first couple of games before I started covering them. But I just think he's—I just think he's been really, really, really good. Um, and we said, I said, obviously I've picked up on that at times he has. Um, he, he, he actually went on record, didn't he? He got stick on social media and said, yeah. "There's people who don't rate him, this, that, and the other." Um, and I said to you, I don't know where we were going. It, must have, it was an away trip, wasn't it? I don't know where we were coming back from. And I asked the question in the car: Who's better than him in the championship? Yeah. Who Who is better than Sam Johnston? Um, 
And we couldn't come up with an answer, could we? No, we were thinking Bettinelli at Fulham, not great. No. You look at Kiko Casilla at Leeds, he comes for bloody everything, doesn't always get there. Etheridge maybe at Cardiff, but then he wasn't playing. Um, Who else is there? So I probably, I don't know. If, yeah, yeah. Listen, I think Sam Johnston is as good as it gets in the Championship. Um, I think he's. Uh, I think he's very. Having watched League League One and League Two football a lot, the very what really impresses me about him is how easy he finds a lot of things. The, the very basics of the game, catching, mm. sort of. You can just tell he's quality. It, yeah. It's not a lot. Keepers not. He, he makes it look very very easy. I think. Um, and then his shot stopping. That save at Leeds, that double save oh. at Leeds, was the, hands down the best save I've ever seen in the flesh. No other keeper makes that save in the division. No other keeper makes that save in the division. Probably after Premier League, keepers don't save that. That was, that was something special. Yeah. Um, the double save on Saturday was very, very good again. It wasn't as good as the Leeds one, but it was still very, very good. Uh-huh. Um, he's a very, very, very good shot stopper. He's an adept. I, mean, I know he didn't save any penalties in the playoff semi-final. But he's a very good penalty keeper as well. Is he? Yeah, haven't seen him face good, He's yet. good dealing with penalties. Last season, his record was really, really good. He was. I mean, he, he certainly fills the goal well. And in terms of shot stopping, I don't think there's many better than him. I think he's class. I really, really, really like him. Um, interviewed him on Saturday. Really nice lad. Um, like, he's really, he's really enjoying playing under Billich. Yeah. Um, you can tell that. Billich gives everyone a lot of confidence. All, it gives all the players confidence, and I think Johnson in particular. Um, f- like Billich is the type of guy you would run for a brick wall for. He's just like um, he's just so amenable and friendly and nice, and you just you want to succeed for him. And I think that's really coming through in Johnston. Yeah. He's really, I think he's the type of character that Johnston really responds well to. Um, like a lot of players, really. Um, I think like I said before, Dean Smith's a lovely guy. Yeah. Billich is a lovely guy. I think that says a lot now in management. Um, I think you need to be one of the. I, it's not. I think you need to be one of the good guys really to get on at the minute. But yeah, I, I'm just so impressed with Sam Johnson. I can't look. I know his kicking at times makes you very nervous. Mm. Um, he, he perhaps tries a little bit too much. I've said before he's maybe a bit too, too good. good on the ball for his own good. Like, um, but. I mean, all other than that, all round, I think he's a, I think he's a brilliant keeper. I do. do you think he's helped by the fact that Albion have found this back four, which is so so settled at the moment as well? Because we can all say, I mean, you can say he can be the best, you know, goalkeeper in the division. Look at someone like Fabianski at Swansea, and he they got relegated, you know, when he was there, um, and everyone was saying, "Oh, he's superb, though." Um, do you think he's helped by the fact that he's got a good defence in front of him? Because it's important, isn't it? I think the fact he's got a good defence in front of him makes him even better in yeah. terms of his concentration. So, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I've got to say I'm a big, big Jordan Pickford fan. Yeah. Like, I know he's not, he, get, he has his critics as well, but I'm a big Pickford fan. But he got his move to Everton off the back of Sunderland being relegated, didn't he? Yeah. Um, basically because he was in the game so much. So he had to make saves and that. Um you do get a lot of attention when you're a keeper in a bad team because you're busy. Yeah. Same as Fabianski, he got his move based on Swansea going down. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Johnson is is 
is the exact opposite. He's playing on a team that's dominating the ball. Mm. Um, like that Middlesbrough game was a real, real tough game. They really gave it a go, Middlesbrough, but Adam yeah. still had something like 67, 68% possession. So Johnson is having to make these saves at, while doing very little else. Yeah. Um, but he's there and he's making them. He is keeping his concentration. Um, he's staying switched on. I, honestly, I've got nothing but praise for him. It's a good segment that was, Joe. I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did enjoy oh, that. Oh, I'm glad. Shall we get on the questions? Pressure's on now to bring it up to it, every week. Exactly, yeah, it's got to be good every week now. Um, yeah, questions. Questions. We're going to have to whittle through some of these, aren't yeah, we? we if we've got, how long have we got are. now? Half an hour. Um, if we do miss some, we do apologise. It's we not are, our yeah. fault. We are trying to get through as many as we can. First one comes from Mark Colley. Uh, I'm really anti-VAR because football never learns from sports like rugby that are miles ahead of us with mic'd up referees and the ref makes a decision to go there. As usual, players are controlling it with their emotions. Your comments, please. We don't really get much VAR with um, West Brom, of course, playing in the Championship. But I tell you what, next season, the way they're going, uh, if they end up in the Premier League, <laughs> it's going to be a talking point every week in this bloody podcast, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think next season it'll be very different. Um, it's absolute. I mean, I don't like... this. Is, I don't. We could talk about it all day, couldn't we? But I think it's absolutely dreadful. I absolutely hate it. I'd never wanted it. I've never. I haven't been at a game with it. Is the truth? Yeah. Um, I actually haven't been at a game where VARs involved, so I, I, I haven't experienced that moment where everyone in the stands is going, "What's going on?" Um, but I find it absolutely ridiculous. I, I will argue till the cows come home that some of the goals that have been disallowed for offside aren't even offside. Yeah. Like when you're offside by a toe, you're not offside. Like, if your whole leg is onside by your toe, you are onside. I don't care what anyone says. Um, so, I think the decisions are ridiculous. I think it's spoiling the game. Sadly, I think it was always going to be... There was always going to be teething problems. Like, you don't just roll something out and it'd be perfect. Um, so, I think it I think it will change. I think it's fixing things that no one wanted fixed in the first place. Yeah. Like the toe thing. No one minds... No one like is really bothered if, mm. if you can see the goal where you're a toe offside. Yeah. Um, and then finally, why have we not got a monitor? Why do the referees not get to see it like they do? They have an option of using the monitor, don't they, in the Premier League? But they don't use it, do they? They never use it. Um, they say it's because it lengthens the procedure. If you use a monitor, it adds like 80 seconds or something to the average procedure. 80 seconds. But, it's like, but everyone's just losing their heads at the minute. The issue is... The referee's just stood there with his hand in his ear. No one knows what's going on. Whereas if he runs over to the VR thing, at least everyone knows. But surely the referee should make a decision. Not whoever whoever is wherever they are in their little place. You're reading the emotion of the game as well. Yeah. There's some games where, for example, it's a derby game. Say West Brom are playing Wolves or West Brom are playing Villa. A referee, they often put experienced referees on them games because they know... It's going to be some spicy challenges in there, but at the same time, you can't go around willy-nilly yellow carding everyone because before you know it, someone gets sent off, someone kicks off, and before you know it, you're going to have to issue two or three red cards. Yeah. So there's, an, you know, you've got to take emotion into it. I think I've I've always been a big fan of VA. I've always wanted it to be brought in. I just feel the way they're using the technology at the moment is wrong. I generally scrap it completely. Some of the decisions that they're making, and know, over the past weekend, we've seen some decisions which have been the, the ones where they've almost been overruled like a referee on the pitch has now been overruled yeah that's what's the issue and, yeah. and some of them were debatable I mean the penalty for Watford I mean it's, it's a penalty that is I haven't seen that I mean it's a penalty and then there's there's goals disallowed elsewhere I um, think it'll get better 
I think the offside will change because it has to change. Um, they have to go back to that daylight thing or something, aren't they? Um, yeah. And then I think. Well, the MLS only change it for like big offside decisions, ones where he's a yard or you know notably far ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it needs something like that. Yeah. But personally, why I think it's rubbish overall is I reckon if you watched every corner, every goal that's ever been scored from a corner, if you VAR'd it somewhere, you'd find a way to rule it out. Yeah. Because that's why people pull shirts and scrap and it's a man's game. Just get on with it. Yeah. I like the technology, as in like the goal line technology. That was a good benefit to the game. Well, it's black and white, isn't it? Black and white. It's either over the line or it's not. But we're on opposite ends of the spectrum, aren't we? You're Mr. VAR. Yeah. And I'm like, scrap it. Wait till next season. If they go up, mate, we're going to have some proper discussions. <laughs> um, Andrew Turn, colleague Andrew Turn. Oh, what's he doing jumping on? Yeah, he could Will, just ask us in the office. He could do, but he's decided to ask us over Twitter. Will Hagazi come straight back in, or is Bartley a Joey partnership likely to stay for the foreseeable? Um, so, Judging by Hagazi's brief cameo at Borough. Yeah. Um, I think it might be a few more weeks until we see him come back into the side properly. So... A long-winded way of answering that was, is, um, everyone knows Slaven Slaven Bilic has absolutely smashed his substitutions this season. He has absolutely nailed it, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. Um, I mean, like, Saturday, he was very, very close to getting it badly wrong. Yeah. Um, Because... It was five minutes added on. I think it was in stoppage time. Was it in stoppage time? I mean, I wasn't watching, mate. I was outside the ground. Oh, you were gone, weren't you? But for the sake of the segment, I think it was in stoppage time that he brought on Agazi and put a Jai into midfield for Livermore. He took Livermore off. And I was thinking, and I was like, it's a strange time to make that. It's a strange time to break up your centre-back partnership. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've... They've defended well for the whole game. They've mm. been playing with each other every week for the last however 13 long. games or whatever, X amount of weeks. I wouldn't be making any changes back there. Unless there's an injury. When, unless there's an, when you're 1-0 up yeah. um, with five minutes to play or whatever it was. So immediately it sort of raised my eyebrows, but at the end of the day, it reminded to doubt Slavon Bilic, like he is the man. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anyone hasn't seen the tackle Agazi put in, I mean, it was awful. Yeah. Um, right on the edge of the box. Um, I mean, it just showed he was he was miles off the pace. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's literally thirty seconds after coming on. He's he's in a race, isn't he, with someone? I can't remember who it was. And he has hacked him to the floor. Is he, was he booked? Oh, you weren't there. Uh, I can't remember if he was. Booked. You can't ask me, mate. I wasn't there. Uh, I can't remember if he was booked or not. Um, but he's given away a free kick effectively on the corner of the box. Yeah. Um, to which I don't, I don't, I can't remember who took it, but he blazed it high and wide anyway, so it was all right in it. But he could have look. He would, whoever took that free kick would have been. It would have been hell of a free kick to pull it in, pull it in yeah. to beat Sam Johnson and pull it in. But the bottom line is, Agassi gave him the chance. Yeah. Um. He, I mean, he he looked like he needs games desperately. Yeah. In the brief time he was on. Um, so I wouldn't genuinely genuinely I wouldn't drop Bartley anyway yeah but for me I mean I'd definitely play them both to the next international break yeah I think I think you've just got to say to guys you look I've got two centre backs who've been playing well together the shirts are theirs until they lose them um, Bartley also got into the who scored team of the week 
Yeah. Um, so for those people who don't know who, who SCORED is, and I'm, a, I'm relatively new to it, it's a website that really in-depth statistical football website that basically gives players a ranking almost similar to football manager rankings, I yeah. call them. They're like the best players around like 7.3, 7.4. If you're in that level, you're very, very, you're performing very, very highly. That's, that's where Dean Garner, Pereira, yeah. Ferguson are. Um, so Bartley got an eight in the Who Scored ratings for his performance on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and that shows how well he played, really, um, and how well he's doing. So I think I'm, I'm very, very content mm. with that back four. Very content with that. Agree with you there. Um, Ethan, with all the speculation around Spurs wanting Nathan Ferguson, can you two travel over to Spurs and sort Poch out? Thanks. I think Poch doesn't need any sorting out. I, I think can a fight it. between me and you against Poch, he'd beat us both up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah Plus, he's got he's, he's got some like you know footballers to call on. I mean, we who can we call on? Not Nathan Judah. No, Nathan Judah's going to wuss out. Um, but I tell you what, it's not just Spurs who are, are being linked with Ferguson. Yeah. So the Ferguson question was always going to come up. Everyone's going to know um, the clubs he's been linked with. Obviously, is it Juventus and Atletico Madrid this morning? Marseille as well. Marseille. So oh, look, got back from Middlesbrough um, about ten past midnight. Yep. Um, got on my drive. Checked Twitter. Had um, a DM from Steve Box, our sub. Yeah. Who sent me the story in the Sun about Nathan Ferguson interest in Tottenham, which is just what you want when you've got on your drive at ten past twelve. You're like, oh, you're having a laugh. Not only do we not want that for Nathan Ferguson, I don't don't need a national run in that. So we spoke to Albion on Sunday. Look, they. The, the message is staying the same they are very confident that he will sign um, the story from that's come out today in the athletic claims that talks are not at an, an as advanced stage as has been reported uh, obviously they're talking about more reports really yeah. um, but I believe they are I know multiple multiple meetings have taken place with Nathan Ferguson so yeah and the representatives of Nathan Ferguson and Nathan Ferguson's family. So talks are, uh, and have always progressed well, as far as I've been told. The, the, I think the word to use is vulnerable. Albion are vulnerable to Nathan Ferguson leaving until he signs that contract. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Until he puts pen to paper, who knows who's going to come in, offer him vast sums of money and make him promises in terms of his development, which... To be honest, for me, I'd hope it would be the same for him. His development should be the biggest thing on the agenda at the yeah, minute. Yeah. Let's not forget this lad, six months ago, was nowhere near Albion's first team. He's only in the first team because of Slaven Bilic. Yeah. I mean, fair play to him. He has more than seized the initiative. He's absolutely smashed it. But another manager comes into Albion in the summer, I wouldn't even know who Nathan Ferguson is. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot. His, his development is key. Um to any to anywhere to, to all negotiations so I still think he's going to stay he's got a fantastic relationship with Bilic I think the club is still confident he's going to stay the truth is we're all just waiting for this signature we need the signature to go. sooner the better he signs for, for well for someone like me but obviously for Albion fans but uh. we just want it everything we all just want it done now because I think naturally we're starting to get a little bit anxious one word answer Joe gun to your head is Nathan Ferguson now been playing next season yes I, I know you said Gunn said one word answer but I was more confident than last week 
Yeah. But I'm still confident. Mm. I still believe he will be an Albion player. I truly, truly do. Um, but anx- I didn't think it was a sign to get a bit more anxious. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, Chris WBA, uh, if we get promoted this, this season, do you think we'll get the pucker pies back? Also, Barnsley did well at the weekend. Do you think they'll cause us any problems? Um, as for pucker pies, I didn't actually know they'd taken them out. Neither did I. Concourse, Neither to, did be, I. to be completely frank, we don't we don't get the concourse food no. in the press section. So uh, I'd I'd hope the, the pucker pies come back. As for Barnsley, um, we'll get onto a little bit of a Barnsley preview right at the end. Um, but they're bottom of the table for a reason. I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah, we'll, go, we'll do Barnsley in the Barnsley section. Yeah, uh, Leo Watkins, how are you finding it, Joe? Is there anything that you didn't know about the club that you have enjoyed learning? Uh, I didn't know. I mean, there's a lot I don't know still. Um, um, uh, just no. There's nothing. Um, all I'm gonna say, all I say about that is, I am just glad that Albion are everything I wanted them to be. That's all I'm going to say. Like, genuinely, I've always had a soft spot for Albion. Um, partly that, part of that comes from my sheer hatred of Wolves. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've always had a soft spot for Albion. And, like, I wanted to cover them and I wanted to go... I've worked in... Obviously, everyone knows I was a Wolves reporter. I've gone from that level where everything is much more intimate. Yeah. And is on a much smaller scale. So it's it can be a lot friendlier. Um, a lot better access yeah. Um, but I haven't found that really going to Albion everyone genuinely the club is like um, welcome you with open arms mm. got a number phone call coming in from Stoke from Stoke reject um, there we go um, yeah so I'm just pleased that I haven't always had a soft spot for the club like they say like, like uh, that generally I've gone in and all the lads who work there like the media team are fantastic the players have just been an absolute dream to interview. I mean, Slavon Bilic goes beyond a dream. He's just so nice. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not. I just, I'm just pleased. It's lived up to expectations. For the Stoke Centre, we're trying to poach you from us then. Oh, maybe they are. Uh, yeah. Fans as well. I've got to say, Albion fans have been great. Yeah, absolutely great. Yeah, brilliant. Um, quick one, a quick couple more, and then we'll fly through. Uh, Sphere outlines. Does the Borough match mark the end of Pereira playing on the wing? He's clearly of a middle of the, a middle of the park magician. So I do agree with that. Now, it won't mark the end of him playing on the wing because he's so versatile. Yeah. And from the piece we did with the European football experts, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember whether it... it was it Nuremberg? Or, like, he, he did play a lot of his football out wide. Right wing at Nuremberg. Right wing at... So, yeah, and that's where he won Rookie of the Year, obviously. Yeah. In the Bundesliga. So... He's very, very, very effective in that right of midfield role, right wing role. It's where he went at Fulham when Robson Carnu came in as the ten yeah. and helped change the game. So I don't think he I don't I think we will definitely see him again there this season. However, he's a ten, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best ten in the league, um, by a long way. And he's probably like he's probably a Premier League top ten number 10 mm. so I would want him if I'm being honest I want him there I, I would rather he just stayed as the 10 and just let cause havoc in the middle of the park mm. um, you want your best players centrally in my opinion um, so 
I don't. I do think we'll see him on the right again, but I I, I get the question. Yeah, I agree. Uh, really quick fire answers now. Um, okay, so no, 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 don't worry. We've got 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Um, Scott WBA, following on from my other question, a thrilling question here that Joe will particularly love. What is the best flavour of soup and type of bread to accompany it? Uh, Tomato with a white baguette. A I completely. I actually baguette. agree with you. I'd have butter on the baguette, would you? No. Oh, I would. Yeah, but I can I can I can let you off there. Um, Johnny Drury, formerly of this parish, yeah. is Pereira the best player in the world? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Put him right there with Messi and Ronaldo. Um, Ryan P. Glasgow, what sort of food are you hoping for tomorrow at the Albion? We've had enough of food questions. Um, I'm hoping for a nice beef stew. You're just a bit saying that to spite me. Yeah, I am. Um, uh, any more, any more, any more. Are Field and Lecco able to play against us on Saturday, says Mark Colley? No. No, probably not. Um, any news on Michael Appleton replacement? Last one from Richard Downing. Um, ask the club about it. They are very, very happy with the people they have, that the people that have applied, is what I was told. Um, supposed to be an announcement soon, but they're, yeah, they are... They're pleased with the way it's going anyway, um, but I've got absolutely no names. They're not going to give me names, but um, yeah, apparently it's all looking very good. Good so we'll stuff. See. Good. So we're really sorry we can't get through all the questions. Make sure to ask them again if uh, if they stand for the next podcast. We'll be sure to answer them. We'll have a slightly longer episode for you. Um, some sad news. We're normally very, very happy on this podcast and we do try and keep a high tone, but some really sad, sad news over the past um, fortnight or so. Um, the England fan who passed away uh, in Bulgaria actually turned out to be a West Brom fan. I'm sure everyone knows about this already. Rob Spray, um, over £25,000 raised for him so far. But obviously, if you've got um, any you know spare change, anything you can spare to help um, his loved ones and family out, it's just dreadful news, isn't it, Joe? Dread, absolutely awful. Absolutely, absolutely awful. Um, tomorrow night, there will be a tribute to him at the game. Um, his family are going to be at the game. They've been invited as sort of guests of honour of the club. His friends are going to be given a signed shirt, which they're going to place on his seat, which I think is a really nice touch. Mm. Um, it's absolutely awful what what has happened, and it's also awful that we don't know exactly what has happened. Um, we just do not know how he's ended up, where he's where he's ended up. It's it's his family are desperate for answers. Um, obviously, so many so many parties involved: the Foreign Office, the, mm. um, Bulgarian police. Um, it's just so so tragic, um, and all we can thoughts with the family. In terms of the news team here, they are pressing on with the story, yeah. desperately trying to help the family get these answers. I think like the media has a massive part to play. We've got to, got to keep this in the news because just we can't afford to let it go quiet when there's so many questions still unanswered. Um, it's just, yeah, it's absolutely awful. And just thoughts goes to his family. Yeah, there's also a petition to get a full investigation into. His sad passing away from uh, the foreign office. What we'll do is we'll improve. We'll include links to um, a the fundraiser, but also uh, that petition uh, alongside this podcast. So if you haven't signed it already, please do. Um, and then of course any you know any money you can spare, be it a pound or more, um, obviously help the family no ends. Right. Let's quickly get onto a preview, a double preview this week. But we're going to talk more about Barnsley than Charlton back to back home games. Um, as we said, Barnsley look like relegation follow judging by their position in the table, but you can never take a team too lightly in this league, can you? No, never take a team too lightly. We've got a story going out tomorrow with Sam Johnston who said basically um, the win at Middlesbrough will count for very little if they don't back it up by beating Barnsley. Tomorrow, 
I saw Barnsley a couple of times last season in League One. They were they're an interesting side. Um, perhaps more interesting when they played under Daniel Stendhal, who yeah. they sacked before the international break. They they were they would they weren't breathtaking in League One. Um, but they were very, very good. Mm. Um, very, very good. And maybe if the season had gone on longer if it, or started a bit later, they would have won the league because they, yeah. they were closing on Luton pretty quickly. Um, they've got a policy at Barnsley. I can't remember what the age is exactly, but they basically don't sign anyone under the over the age of like 23, 24. Yeah. They're very, very strict They on, on that. They've got... So... They, from from what I gather and from what I've read and from what I've heard, they have got a team that a lot of people expect will be a very good championship side in two or three years' time. Yeah. At the moment, they are very, very young um, and perhaps naive. Um, but they haven't won in 13 games, so it's a, it's a long, long run. But they've got a very good result against Swansea on Saturday um, Drew against them Adam Murray their caretaker manager has come around, come out today and said they're coming to Albion to spoil the party basically Yeah. Um, he said no one, no one expects them to get anything apart from inside their dressing room they have got some really good players good young players and I, and I think they're going to look at it as a free hit aren't they they're just going to just well, there's no pressure on there's them, no pressure it? on them at all um, I think they'll sit quite deep. Um, I think they'll try and frustrate Albion, maybe hit them on the break. So if, it might be one of those nights where you have to be really, really patient. Um, the beauty with this Albion side is you would back them to break through, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, you would. Someone, whether it's Grady Dean Garner, Mateus Pereira, hopefully Matt Phillips will be back. Whether it's Romain Sawyer's unlocking the door, you would expect someone to do something to get to, to to break them down and get through so I can I, you, you don't want to be overconfident but I can only see an Albion win yeah um, but yeah of course they've still got to go out and do it yeah um, one win in 12 for the Tykes and their their goal difference minus 14 says an awful lot about their ability to defend yeah you'd like to think Pereira Dean Garner it might take a little bit of magic to open the door but once it's open, the floodgates could open a little bit. Yeah, they got doubts over a couple of defenders as well. They're right back. Um, they, sent about, they, they took them off against Swansea. So they've been said today they're 70-30 to play. They're expected to play. But it, to me, I'd put a tenner on now, Barnsley winning League One next season. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, I'd really expect them to sort of romp that league next year. It, it looks like all this has come a little bit too soon for them. But... Um, they're going to be a different proposition under Murray than they were under Stendhal. It's only been one game, so we don't quite know how they've changed. But they're going to look. We say it every week, but Championship sides are dangerous. They've got good players. Like they, it will be, it will be a difficult game. But on paper, there really is only one winner. Yes, yeah, it is. But Would but it's top v bottom, isn't? Sorry, but it's top v bottom, isn't it? Yeah, and they're yeah. the type of games where like um, I could see Stoke beat Leeds, didn't they? Yeah, Stoke yeah. beat Leeds, top bottom v top. So it's the type of game that you just. Just where anything can happen, isn't it? Yeah. And, it's, and, it, and it tends to. Tends to, yeah. Um, would you make any changes? The only change I'd make is I'd bring Matt Phillips in if fit. For? Kravinovic. 
Kovinovich was interesting. We had a discussion about him. We got a couple minutes spare, so let's quickly touch on him. Oh, you're going for it, yeah. I am a little bit. Yeah. I think all of us looked at Filip Kovinovich when he first joined, and everyone was wowed by him. They saw him on the ball, like, Christ almighty, this guy can play football, can't he? I think his production is far less than what we all kind of expected, having seen him for a while now. Yeah. Tends to hold on the ball too long for me. Doesn't create a whole lot. Maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. I don't know. What do you think? You, going back to how I missed the first couple of games, I haven't even seen the wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I think it's difficult because naturally we compare him to Pereira because he's in that number 10 role. Um, and obviously, there's only one Mateus Pereira. Like, there's, we can't expect him to be as good as Pereira, really. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's tidy on the ball. Yeah. Um, I think he's a neat footballer. Um, but I haven't seen a lot in him so far. To me, he looks like I've said it before. He looks like a player adapting to the English game. I, I, I think he's, he's. He needs to get to the speed of the game. Mm. He needs to play a little bit quicker. Um, and the Middlesbrough game on Saturday perfectly sums that up in a sense that I think it was in the eighth minute, Dean Garner hit the byline, cut the ball back. Kravinovic has to shoot first time. He just has to hit it. Took a touch, didn't he? And he took a touch. And he then tries to sort of like majestically <laughs> curl it into the corner. And that time allowed Ryan Shotton to get across and make a really good block. I mean, credit to Shotton, it was a really, really good block. Shotton was good all game. He was really good, yeah, he was really good. Um, But that just shows to me where he's at, really. Just a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker. Just move the ball a little bit faster. Bilic loves him. Yeah. Absolutely loves him. So there's definitely... You said you were wild at the start of the season. There's definitely... There's, there's definitely more to come from him. Definitely, definitely more to come from him. Um, but I think you can see how much Billich believes in him by the fact he came in mm. um, at Middlesbrough. I personally, I mean, I would have brought in Kyle Edwards. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we put the story today about about Chris Willock having to remain patient. Again, like he's not involved, is he? So, at the minute, uh. Kravinovic is ahead of him. So. Yeah, it's an it's it's an interest. He's an interesting one. Fingers crossed, he will get better throughout the season, which could be a massive, massive asset mm. in the second half of the campaign. Yeah, interesting one. Anyway, uh, quickly on Charlton. I know it's a long way off yet, but there won't be a podcast before that one. Um, another promoted side. This one doing a bit better in the league this season. Lee Bowyer's done quite a job there, hasn't he? Hell of a job. Got to admit. I have never ever I was never impressed with Lee Bowyer um, as a manager didn't get it um, thought Charlton should have gone up a couple of years ago thought they would have if he wasn't their manager I was completely completely wrong um, he has done an absolutely unbelievable job there absolutely unbelievable used the loan market really well with Samfield and uh, Lecco of course who won't be able to play Bowyer will be in the stands um for the game he's a 7-3 free game touchline bam yeah um, but it didn't stop him at the weekend did it um, <laughs> so yeah the one player who I absolutely love in Charlton's team is uh, Lyle Taylor yeah um, so he's, he's I think it's great he's playing with Lecco 
yeah. very quickly because we're going to get kicked out any minute. But they, their careers couldn't be any different. Lecco, mm. always at Albion's Academy, picked up as a kid, blah, 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 through the academy ranks. Lyle Taylor gone the complete opposite way, had to battle his way through non-league. Yeah. Um, he is the complete striker. It, it, I mean, I, I watched him rip Walsall apart time and time and time again. Obviously now it's a completely different level. Yeah. He's stepping up to, so he's, he's having to prove he can do it in the championship. But he's a very 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 confident boy but he's a very well rounded he's got a bit of everything Lars mm. Taylor um, so I love the fact that Lecco's with him if he's if Lecco's learning to be a centre forward to me there's literally no one better he could learn off really than Lars Taylor at the minute um, so that's why Charlton I think that's why Charlton is so strong those two up front but Lecco won't be able to play Yeah, Lars Taylor will be a threat but you'd like to think Bartley and Agile will cope with him um, so yeah another it's going to be just going to be really interesting to see a Charlton side without Lecco and Field, and they will be depleted. Bowie are not on the touchline. Yeah. Hopefully, it's just the game that's coming at a good time, but but we'll see. It's going to be a tough one. I think they're fifth. Are they fifth? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, quickly, 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 they are seventh. Oh right, but they're seventh. Still... But they're I mean they're four points off top. So they're doing they're doing really well, aren't they? Yeah, doing very very well. A team that won the playoffs last season. Certainly. Ah, oh, right. Give me predictions for both games, then, Joe. Are we going for double wins? That's what I'm going for. Double wins, yeah. Double um, wins. Double wins. Uh, oh, nothing goes as you expect it to in life, I ever, I think. But I think it'll be a nice 2-0 tomorrow. 2-0, I'll take that. Um, and then maybe like a 3-1 against Charlton. I think, I think Charlton will show more ambition. Yeah, yeah. Um which is why I think Albion may get more joy yeah either but way I'd take them results you'd definitely take nine points from nine which is what it would be from the three from this batch of first three games from an international break um, yeah yeah. I'm confident but we'll see mate. we'll see we'll see we'll see indeed right that just about does it from us before we're kicked out of our studio thanks a lot for listening make sure you review on iTunes if you can and if you've got any questions comments for next time make sure you get us at Albion Poddy on Twitter but from myself from Joe it's goodbye from us we'll speak to you next week goodbye